If we don't record this, no one will believe us. If you don't help us, we don't know what will happen. The disappearances keep coming. And coming. And the forest keeps its secrets. So as always, dear listeners. Grab some tea. And your conspiracy board. Because we are Live live from from Averno. to another episode of Live from Averno, where we explore and investigate the town of Averno, our school, and the mysteries of the forest in the hopes of finding out what the hell is wrong with this place. So far, we found out that it's not just James Turner who's gone missing, but countless people going all the way back to the founding of the town. Rather than trying to investigate just one missing person, we've decided to open up our search and explore the whole town in the hopes of finding some answers. Maybe you, dear listeners, can help us understand too. Because right now, we've found plenty that's wrong, but we still don't really have any answers we've got no clue what's going on here (laughs) so today we're going to be looking into the local myths legends and lore and by that i mean not just mythology but all the local stories and eccentricities too because trust us there's a lot of that averno like any small town has its rumors of local cryptids some of them surround the forests some come from the school honestly i'm sure they're about all as real as mothman do not trash mothman don't don't you dare Don't you dare. I'll fight you. (laughs) Okay, so a lot of folklore and legends do point to underlying currents and beliefs of the town. Maybe Mothman isn't real. Mothman is real, and he's beautiful, and he has the most incredible... Seriously, we're on air. Okay. Okay. No simping over Mothman. (sighs) Although he does have... He has a nice... He has a nice booty. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Uh, but back to the point... (laughs) The myths and legends surrounding them may point to something else living in the forest, or fear of the other, or what have you. Myths and legends kind of serve a purpose. Quinn, stop psychologizing. Anthropologizing. Anthropologizing? Anthropologize to me for saying that Mothman isn't real. (laughs) Never. (laughs) So, before we get in... Uh, get into the meat of the matter, which is I know what you guys are all here for. I just want to get into the meat of Mothman's. <laughs> oh my god, we are cutting that. <laughs> we are cutting that. <laughs> <clears throat> the school bulletin board. The staff meeting in the maze has been rescheduled as only members of the Department of Hidden Sequences were in attendance. Please join us next week in the Holy House of God Cathedral. Professor Bryce of the DHS, in conjunction with Professor Crothers of the DCD, will be exhibiting a collaborative piece called The Orchestra of Destruction this Thursday. All students are encouraged to bring their own goggles and ear protection. Reports of several cats going missing have reached the headmaster. Students are reminded that the school does not accept any responsibility for defleshing, reconstructing, experimentation, or the general well-being of any pets or familiars. The DCD is opening up a pop art installation featuring the processes of taxidermy, decomposition, and skeletalization featuring small mammals. Alright, so this week we'll be hitting a couple myths and legends of the town. Some may be real, some may just be rumors, and other may be escaped pets from a new school experiment has gone wrong. All of them are real and all of them are beautiful. This is your favorite episode, huh? Come on, isn't it yours? The things that go bump in the night are the things that make life worth living, baby! I like tea in bed at night, um, but okay, sure. So, where do you want to begin? Bone bug. Okay, great. Bone bug. So, some of our uh, some of our listeners may know of bone bug already, but what is it? Where does it come from? What does it want? 
Where does it come from? Where does it go? No. What does book? No. <sighs> okay, but like, Bonebug knows my secrets. <laughs> I don't even want to guess what that means, and I do not want to know your secrets. Let's keep some mysteries alive, please. Ooh la la. So, early rumors of Bonebug first place it at a new school, and you'll find a lot of weird stuff crops around, crops up around here. A new school where the impossible becomes possible. And one of those things is the definitely real bone bug. Quinn, would you like to explain the story for this one? Anything to get you off air. <laughs> so one of the joys and eccentricities of a new school is its senior thesis. Rather than writing a sample paper or conducting a study, all students are encouraged to create and discover something new. It's called the project. It's not very specific. It's exactly the point. Each department, each student can interpret that and apply it exactly as they want to. And rumor has it, the results can sometimes be interesting. Enter Bonebug. On a dark and stormy night, a member of the Department of Creation and Destruction decided that perhaps creation could be so much more than just sculpture, developing an ever-before-seen color or some chemistry thing or whatever it is art people do. What do DCD students do, actually? I mean, the best I can tell is they're like, artists but i'm gonna use that term loosely mostly i think they like blow stuff up drink tea tend the gardens and always seem to be covered in some sort of goo you know i think i have to side with dcd here oh dear blowing things up truly is the highest form of art oh dear. uh <laughs> back to the matter at hand though yeah 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 right it was a dark and stormy night you simp and this student like many in a new school got a little obsessed Fixated, possessed, carried away. All of the above. With the idea of creating something truly new, truly never seen before, they decided to create new life. Of course we would be the birthplace of modern-day Frankenstein, but I never thought DCD would have the guts. They all seemed like pansies to me. Don't ever underestimate a gardener, Will. <laughs> but come on, we all know this DCD student wasn't actually DCD. Cheers to the Department of Unconfirmed Existence, the worst-kept secret society. And Bonebug just goes to show that. So they wanted to create new life. What did they do? How'd they do it? No one knows for sure, but rumor has it they gathered old bones from the woods. The skull of some large cat, wings from a bee, squirrel bones, and strange talons. I don't know how they did it, but somehow they walked into the forest with a plan and a dream, and the next morning, they came out with Bonebug. That's disturbing as hell, and I love it. Professors must have been freaked. Do the professors ever get freaked? But yeah, it was like class A Averno type stuff. The kicker is they barely passed anyway. What? A student Frankenstein some bones together and still fails? Oh, I'm gonna be so screwed my senior year. Well, theoretically they would have done well, but when it came time to turn it in, Bonebug was gone. It took off and all that was left behind was the student rambling on about the wonders of life and the power of death, hardly convincing to the examiners. Honestly, I think they just passed the student out of mercy more than anything else. Well, plus this was probably not the first The Project that got up and walked away. <laughs> Where do you think Bonebug is now? Well, you don't think this is real, right? I mean, come on, it makes for a good campfire story. And an even better one to tell your professors when you've messed around all year and can't turn in your thesis. But there's no way it's real. For the sake of continuing our friendship and me not kicking your ass right now in the dorm room. As if you could. Room. Oh my god. 
Oh my god, you're DLH. I have hidden depths. Uh, what? You can, like, lift up a book? Yeah, I grew up in Washington. <clears throat> I think we'll just have to agree to disagree. And now moving on to the people who kept us from dying this week. Shout out to Bentu and Bree for letting me borrow your notes from class. I would never have passed killers throughout history without you. And to the members of the Animal Control Club, Tessa and Gabriella, who helped locate the missing python. I'm happy to report that Carly is back home safe and sound with a new locking tank. And to the kid who helped me find my way through the tunnels during freshman week when I was trashed and could not figure out which way was up. I think their name was B. I remember you every day. Thank you for your service. If only they'd gotten lost. Uh, <laughs> so. Okay, well, who would you be co-hosting this podcast with? Hmm? Hmm? You would be sitting alone, talking out to the radio airwaves, just being like, I, I, I like... I mean, how do you know I'm not? Maybe you're just a figment of my imagination. Maybe this is all made up. You know, that's a very DUE thought to have, Quinn. Oh, God, you're rubbing off on me. <laughs> so what's next on the list? The deer. Oh. Okay, so this is this is a strange one. Do you want to tackle it, Will? Always. Bring me your odd, your strange, your mysterious yearning to be seen. Why am I friends with you? Because you love me. And I bring you weird off-brand noodles. Mm, I knew there was a reason. Also, I had matcha ones this week. Matcha, I... Bring them my way. You got it. So, on to the deer. Uh, there is even less concrete information about the deer than about bone bugs. They are truly mysterious and, I personally believe, very beautiful creatures. Or just deer. Not that I don't love a large mammal, of course. Buzzkill. But, I mean, you do kind of have a point. What makes the deer so interesting is that besides countless reports, there's little to no information or true confirmed sightings. No pictures or clear descriptions. More of just a feeling. Like that tickle you get on the back of your neck. Or when you're walking beside the woods and you swear you can feel eyes watching you. Everyone has seen them, but... No one really has, either. Ugh. Why am I getting creeps? There's just another weird thing about this world. I mean, yeah, no. They're not like bone bug. They, they feel different. Yeah. Older. Ancient, even. It's, it's like you're walking home by the forest one night and you see something moving up ahead or out of the corner of your eye. A shadow passes behind you, and then you look closer and there's nothing. You start thinking you're making it all up and just scaring yourself in the dark, but then you see them. The deer, just barely past the edge of the light. And it makes sense. There's a forest. Of course there are deer, so it's not really a big deal. Do you know that word, Quinn? Anamorphosis? You can't look at them straight. You can't really see them properly. The longer you look, the less you see. And it could still be fine. I mean, normal, even. Except sometimes the glow from you know, headlights or the moon or something catches them, glints off their eyes. They get that kind of green, flat look to them. And then you realize that something really isn't right. Then you blink, and they're gone. And it's only afterwards that you can really put it together and figure out what it was that made everything in your body just seize up, <sighs> make your heart stop. It's the eyes. These deer aren't just any deer. They have three eyes.
And now for the town newsletter. Averno Elementary has recently announced a new specialization, animal husbandry for the end times. If you want your children to be prepared for anything, reinvest in your local community and keep them in Averno's excellent educational system. The Averno Scouts are having their annual meet and greet for prospective scouts tomorrow. All are welcome, but due to last year's incident with a bonfire and an unsupervised can of repellent, the Scouts request that you keep all untrained members of your family on a leash. The Averno Town Library's book club has announced their pick of the month, We Have Always Lived in the Castle by Shirley Jackson. This is a friendly reminder to never swim in any bodies of water in Averno. A local historian will be giving a talk about the history of piracy in Averno Township this Sunday at Averno's multi-purpose rec room. Rum will be provided. So for our last myth, we wanted to do something from the town, but I grew up in Washington. I, I wasn't raised on the stories of the town or the beliefs here. So in the interest of authenticity and respect, we tried to get a voice from the community to join us and tell the story for themselves. Tried being the operative phrase there, unfortunately. I mean, we hit up all the local spots and all the old people, but no one would talk to us. Probably because you called them old people, and maybe because you're not the friendliest. I'm friendly. Like a cactus. <laughs> so... I did the next best thing. Primary source materials, baby. I went to the archives and I found a journal. So disclaimers, it's undated, but it looks pretty old. I'd guess from the 1930s. I don't know if these are still active traditions here, but at one point, this was how some people in Averno lived. And I haven't shown this to Will yet either. So are you ready, Will? I'm ready. Okay. Do you want to read it? Can I? Yeah. You can read it. Yes! My mother never told me not to go into the forest. She didn't have to. Growing up, the woods bordering our town was the great unspoken. When we had to walk on Hemlock Lane, our mother would slip our clenched fists into hers, walking quicker and quicker until the clicking time of her heels matched the tick of the clock. The forest was not to be feared in specific. To put a name on it, to acknowledge the trees held power, that would be too much. Instead, we resolutely looked away, as was customary in such instances. We avoided the lower road. We weeded the edge of our garden religiously, in case one of the seeds hidden away in pine cones happened to blow our way, attempting to further its territory. I skipped every seventh step on the way to school, checked over my shoulder to see whether my shadow had caught up yet. We started eating only meat at dinner, as our mother told us trees couldn't grow roots in a graveyard. When our cat Ruby died, my father hung her from the branches of the tallest oak, so the woods wouldn't smell the weakness of death on us. When I lost the last of my baby teeth, I took the box I hid them in from the false bottom drawer in my mother's dresser, went out to the edge of the property in a straight line, planted them finger deep in dirt, like planting corn in kindergarten, picked the dirt from beneath my fingernails, spat on the freshly turned earth. You see, the forest is afraid of humanity, therefore of human parts. I cannot wait to see my garden grow. Quinn, is that where the tooth shroom came from? Tooth shroom? Is that what you call that terrifying thing on your department crest? Yes, tooth shroom, everyone's favorite fungi. You are insufferable. How did you not realize this? Okay, maybe it's a stretch, but this girl plants her teeth at the edge of the forest and waits for her garden to grow? What if Tooth Shroom grows from the teeth of children? Do you know what this means? That's disgusting and terrifying, and you're loving it. It means that maybe Tooth Shroom is real. Mm, 
But more than that, Quinn, think about it, think about it, okay? All the myths lead back to the forest. Bonebug and the deer and this girl. And the school knows it. Those are our crests. And Toothshrew might be a whole lot older than just DCM dreaming it up on a bender. And it's not just the departments being quirky, TM. The three-eyed deer has always been the crest for the school. So the school shares mythos with the town, and it all goes back to the forest. I mean, we know that the forest is a strange place, and I know I've asked this before, but like, what if these things are real? Like, don't go all conspiracy board on me, I'm serious, but what can we believe? Honestly, Quinn, I don't... I don't know what's real or not anymore. Well, I guess that's all for now, folks. Or at least, that's all for On Air. You know we don't stop just because we turn the mics off. Life from Averno isn't just a podcast. It's a way of life. So support our life. Please hit that subscribe button and check us out on Patreon. Please, y'all, we really need to book a different studio slot that doesn't come right after James and Katie recording their ASMR podcast. There has to be a way to record without leaving pickle jars, chip bags, and soap scum everywhere, but they haven't found it yet. Please, please pray for us <laughs> thanks for listening as we have been live, live from, from averno, averno.